0: Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Gary. And together, we are the Cocktail Lovers.
1: We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we'll be talking about cocktails.
0: We're going to be talking about products, we're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you'll love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them
1: to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think
0: of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail wise. So let's hear
1: what's on the show this week. With this, the final episode in the current season of the Cocktail Lovers podcast, we're delighted to have been sharing the cocktail love for some 32 episodes over the last year. During this time, we're also humbled to have picked up the award for Best Food and Drink Podcast at the Publisher Podcast Awards. And now, to share the news, we're on the top four shortlist for best podcast, broadcast, or online video series in the upcoming Spirited Awards at Tales of the Cocktail. Winners to be announced in New Orleans on the 28th of July. So, what's in this episode? Simply Summer Sunshine. Our product reviews take us to sunny Mexico. For Nixta de Alote, an intriguing corn liqueur. And a new expression from Del Maguey Mescal. We talk tiki and a whole lot more with Sly Augustin, owner of legendary rum bar, Trailer Happiness, where the sun shines all year round, whatever the weather. Our book choice is a celebration of a man who brought sunshine into a lot of people's lives. Through his iconic cocktail creations such as the espresso martini and bramble and a refreshing approach to bartending, Dick Bradshaw. As for our bar, we headed up high, high above London and onto the terrace of The Nest at the Treehouse Hotel to soak up the sun, take in sublime views and sample some super sumptuous summer cocktails. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a cocktail.
0: Inspired by a recent trip to Porto, our drink of this week is going to be a white port and tonic. Ooh. I love it. It's such a simple drink. It's just beautiful for summer. It's crisp. It's delicious. It's light. And actually, this per serve is one unit So
1: of, well, of alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Well, that's, that's So amazing. it's <laughs> well
0: worth knowing. So... This particular port that I'm using is Graham's Blend Number no. Five, which is a white port right. that has been made especially for mixing. So there are white ports out there, but this one, it's a bit lighter, it's fresher. It's made from two premium grapes, Malvesia Fina and Moscatel grapes, and they are just perfect together. It's like the perfect marriage. Ooh.
1: So it's it's interesting as well while you're you're kicking off making mm. it. Port as a whole thing. Category. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, it's another one of those things a few years ago. I'm sure people may have thrown their hands up in absolute horror at the idea of people mixing port.
0: Oh, yeah, and also, and then likewise, some people thought, oh, my God, I don't want to drink port. Port's an old man's drink. Yeah, yeah. But this port has been designed with that in mind. It's very much a, a younger market. Yes, they're looking at bartenders, but I think they're also looking to engage... Younger, funkier sort of audience. What, like us? Exactly like us. (laughs) I mean, everything about the bottle, we'll put a picture on our Instagram so you can see, but it's beautifully Mm. illustrated. You can see straight away it's not your average pool. It's been designed for fresh thinking drinkers in mind. Fresh thinking drinking. Yeah, that's my little tagline, I think. (laughs) So, So, okay, okay. so what we're doing. Back to what you're making. Yeah, so I've filled my. Highball glasses with ice. Yeah. And we've got fifty mils of the Graham's blend number five. Fifty mils. Here 50 we go. Mil.
1: Yeah.
0: Over ice. I can
1: see that going in, folks.
0: And then just some tonic. <laughs> now what I'm going to do, I I love using the cans of tonic because sometimes you buy the bottles, then they go flat. Yeah. But at least when you've got a can, you can just use that. It's fresh, it's fizzy, it's cold. And these have been stored. We put it in the freezer just to give it an extra bit of chill. Super chill. Yeah, and but you're
1: right about that using cans where possible. Yeah, it's more expensive, but actually I eat.
0: think cheaper in the long run
1: yeah, because a better experience.
0: Yeah, you just use as much as you need and usually it's just a single serve and you you're done. So we put that in. And we garnish with a slice of lemon.
1: We've said this so many times, but it's worth saying again, it's a great thing about simple drinks when you're making them at home. Why go
0: complicated? There's nothing. Why make life difficult for yourself?
1: You're making that just for the two of us, which is lovely. But, you know, if you had a bunch of friends over... You know, you don't want to be And also in the they kitchen can make it if, if exactly. they want to, which is exactly. really good. It's a really social thing to yeah, do. Yeah,
0: so I've mixed that in a little bit. Add the lemon slice, a sprig of mince for more aromatics, mm-hmm. and actually it looks beautiful, beautiful. in the glass.
1: What a lovely rub. And that's Cheers. your
0: white port and tonic. Cheers. The perfect aperitif for summer.
1: Mmm, fantastic. So amongst other things, we are celebrating a little bit of summer in this episode, aren't we?
0: Yes, we are. And also, it's our last episode before we break for our summer holidays. So I think it's good that we do talk about summer because it is. Well, well,
1: in this country, when it comes, you've got to grab it with both hands. (laughs) Absolutely. So with that in mind, I'm bringing a little bit of Mexican sunshine with my product of choice this week actually we both are but you start off first okay so mine is this has really intrigued me this it's called and i'm as ever i'm hoping i do my pronunciation correctly it's called Nectar liqueur de elote how does that sound
0: uh, sounds a okay. little bit anyway well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway it's nectar, and what it is it's a mexican corn liqueur mm. now I may well be standing up to be corrected, and there may be lots of these out there, but this is the first corn liqueur I've ever come
0: across. Me too, actually. I love it.
1: So let's start with the bottle. And... Right off the bat, it's telling you it's corn. It's, mm. it's it's lovely. It's a brown, kind of light brown bottle. And it's really textural. And it does suggest that those lovely corn cobs that you get. when Yeah, you're it does picked.
0: look like a, a burnt corn on the cob, in yeah. fact, because it is brown. But actually, the textures and the little kernels and, and things like that, it does suggest a really healthy Corn on the cot.
1: Yeah, it's really, really delightful. Mm. And it will definitely stand out, whether on a shelf or a back bar or Or at home. Or indeed in our kitchen. As um, it does. (laughs) As it does. And uh, so so it looks lovely. We like the look of it. It's 30%. And let me just tell you a little bit 30% about 30% ABV ABV right. not 30% four. I haven't sort of <laughs> consumed
0: the other I just wanted to make it clear what was research.
1: happening it's 30% ABV so as I say it's from Mexico and I found out when I was doing a little bit of reading up on it is I didn't know that Mexico was the birthplace of corn 10,000 mm. years ago yes. Who knew?
0: Yes, I did. Know, you knew, actually. Okay, yes. yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you never told me. Well, I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> tell you everything in my repertoire. <laughs> so,
1: so, uh, so, it's birthplace, of So it makes sense for these um, these people to produce this, and it's based on Mexican street food. Which is it's funny because you said about the bottle looking like charred corn. So mm. it's based on that kind of. Charred oh, corn. roasting and yeah, that grills street food and things floor. like that. And they use, as well as the corn being 10,000 years old, they use a 4,000-year-old cooking technique to get the full flavours of the maize. So lots of nice sort of things going on there, historical things going on there. Then then the corn is macerated into, uh, in a corn distillate, and then it's sweetened with the clarified sweet wort. And that is what gives us this liquid in the bottle, which Brilliant. we're about to is crack it, Is open. it a
0: new product, or, or has it been established for a long time? Uh, I, no. To be
1: honest, I don't know. Right. Uh, I get the feeling it's relatively new. Um, I had a look at the, uh, their website, and uh, they also, interestingly, produce uh, Mexican whiskey Ah. hundred with I think hundred percent corn, which I think on the next series we should yeah, definitely, we'll definitely give that a try as well. Delving so into that, that's my way of weaving around not answering your question.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it is new. actually. I, I think get the it, feeling is it is new. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes.
1: So okay. should we have a little, little look, a little taste? I think so. Yeah. So do that.
0: There's something really nice about the bottle, even though it is a new product, but something about it looks very old, you know it's yeah. maybe it's the colour maybe it is the, the label but it has got a very established feel about it yeah. I think. Well actually it's interesting because we didn't mention the label
1: particularly when we were talking about the mm. design, it's got a nice little illustration of a, a growing corn and the, the typography and everything has got a slightly retro feel, mm. ever so I'm it's rather place. nice. Yeah, here it comes, coming your way.
0: Oh, it was the bottle I was talking
1: about.
0: Oh, right. actually. Okay, had that as well. Okay, there you go. Yeah, uh, while you're
1: having a little look at the bottle, I'm going to have a little nose mm. of this and a little look at the colour. It's got a lovely golden, sunshiny mm. colour, hasn't it?
0: Which actually denotes the corn yeah. as well. Yeah. But on the nose, it really has got that lovely hit of corn hasn't yeah. it it's it, it smells this almost like a whiskey you know feel exactly about it what i was
1: gonna say that's mm. really you're right it's, it's, yeah that's really like a
0: corn whiskey i think mm. you know really it's lovely ooh. very intriguing yeah i'm going in mm. Mm. oh that's oh i love that very it, juicy Mm, and it, that whiskey thing you mentioned that carries mm, through a little
1: bit into the taste. It's doesn't it?
0: beautiful because you get that both. You do get the the corn, but it's really deep and rich, and yeah. you know, as we say, warming from the that kind of whiskey-esque vibe that's going on about it. But there's also a lovely sweetness, that yellow ripe corn that's yeah, coming yeah. through. It reminds me of,
1: you know, when you have corn and you, mm. and you just melt really good butter mm. over it and that, you know, you get that that creaminess and it reminds me
0: of that, it's, it's so yeah, that's so, definitely a keeper. Yeah. Um, do they, other than drinking it straight, which I think is really lovely, because it is only thirty percent ABV as you said, so that's not too too bad, is it? But no. What do do they suggest any serves or what? They, they what does do. it dictate um, to you? Yeah,
1: as you say, as in addition to saying yes, drink it neat as we're doing, or indeed over ice, which I think would be mm. amazing. They have a few cocktails which I would really like to try at some point. One is uh, an old-fashioned, which is made with this and that whiskey that they also make. So I think that could be super delicious. And they also have a nice longer drink where they mix this with, amongst other things, cider. Cider. Wow, that's, that's an interesting. Idea. Yeah, not, not soda, not tonic, yeah. but cider. I mm. think that's really interesting.
0: No, I really like this. Really, really good. And particularly for people that want to try something a little bit new, a bit different, you want to surprise yeah, and delight your friends. So, but also, it well, is damn tasty. It's yeah, really so good. We like that
1: choice. That is, uh, as I say, Nixter, And that is. Around about thirty seven pounds fifty. Depending up, up to, where you get it yeah, probably depending where you get it. And details as ever on thecocktaillovers.com. dot com.
0: Okay, so as I said, we're actually staying in Mexico for our second product. And why not? Very Indeed. nice place to stay. Yeah, and as we said, it's all about summer. It's all about sunshine. It's about sunshine spirits. And what I'm going for is actually, we haven't um, reviewed one at all on any of our episodes. So I've gone for a mezcal. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I almost kind of thought we must have done, but you're right. We, yeah, we, we haven't. Have I don't know why, but we're making we're up for it making now.
1: Making up for it, as
0: you say. So this... Um, is Del Maguey, Vida, but it's another expression. I'll I'll just explain. There's quite a few expressions in this range. But it's um, Del Maguey is a mezcal which was founded by Ron Cooper, a famous artist from Southern California. And he visited Mexico a few times. And he, by his own admission, he used to try and taste lots of mezcals, most of them bad, but he didn't know any better. But he was intrigued by the category. Um, he started his journey in the 19, late 1960s, 1970s, but he actually brought the whole thing to life in the 1990s. And he sort of started his company, Del Maguey, basically as a way to import mezcal from Mexico to America. And so this was in, in the 1990s. And he's been a huge inspiration yeah. Is that the right word? For everybody in the category on the education of mezcal. Because if you if you cast your mind back, I mean, we just about got our heads around tequila. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, mezcals broke out on the scene. People didn't really know about mezcal, but they've become this real thing that... It's a real bartender-y type drink. or People that are very experimental, they want to try different things, bolder, bigger flavours, and Mezcal definitely falls into that category. And that's largely because of Mr. Cooper. So he did everything to educate people on everything from the spelling of the name, because I think people used to spell it with an S rather than a Z. And he's done a whole lot of stuff into the terroir of Mezcal and getting people to understand it as this real premium artisanal product. So some people think of, well, what is the difference between mezcal and and tequila? And they're both um agave-based spirits and it can be made from all different types of agave, not just blue weber agave. So that's one of the things about mezcal. But it 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 has this really beautiful, old-fashioned artisanal production processes so that's another way that it differs from tequila anyway there's a lot of stuff that goes yeah, behind clearly, it clearly. yeah and well, it's you've given one us of those, a nice little insight yeah there. it's yeah. one of those things that the more you start reading about it the more you want to know but actually what we need to get into is this particular mascot. Yes. Okay. so it's called Delmage Vida as I said and the Delmage Vida, the first one, which was done in two thousand and ten, that was bottled at forty-two percent ABV. Right. This is forty-five oh, percent ABV. Gosh. So it's, it's it's one of those things that I think bartenders wanted a little bit more of just to help them blend, make cocktails. They uh, love it. Right. Okay. So it's okay. it's more I mean the other one was there for mixing, but this is even more even mixable. More so. Um, It does say a little word about what you're
1: serving it in. Yes, in the
0: little ceramic, they're almost like little sorcery discs that people do serve the mezcal in. They're they're really cute, aren't they? Yes, and as they say, one of their big taglines is sip don't shoot so it's something that is really designed to be enjoyed and actually just sipped a little bit at first just to get yourself acclimatized to it and then you take another sip also with mezcals it's worth noting that it wasn't necessarily a drink that people just had all the time it was very much designed for fiestas and weddings and high for holidays yeah, yeah exactly big occasion. big occasion so tell me what do you What do you get from this? On
1: the nose, it's a little bit of sweetness, but it smells to me like... It does smell... It's got that nice kind of cut grass sort of yes. freshness about And
0: it. also that distinctive thing, one of the things that really stands out Smoke. for mezcal is the smokiness. Yeah. And that's all because of the way that it's produced. Mm. It's really... And, I, I would just say, actually, before, I'm not, I haven't tasted it yet, but mm. I would just say, because we were saying about
1: coming to mezcal, everyone and us specifically coming to mezcal. And I think the first time I tried any mezcal, I don't know, whenever it was six years ago or something, I have to say, I wasn't, it didn't play for me because you know as you know I, I took a long time to get into smoky whiskey mm. so the smokiness didn't work for me but since then I've gone back and back and tried different ones mm. and now I'm really warming to it as an idea
0: also that all of them and particularly in this range they're all produced in single villages and that's one of the things that I didn't actually say because it's really Beautiful. They bring the producers and the village and the region to the fore. So That's this nice. one is yeah. actually made by... Let me see if I can find the name of the family. The Cruz Nolasco family in San Luis de, del Rio, part of, of Mexico. Another
1: the other thing, it's interesting, you said earlier about what mm. they advise about sipping. not Very small sip yeah. at I, first. I, I, I was about to say, I took the smallest mm. possible sip... I could. I couldn't take a smaller sip that I just took without not drinking anything. Mm. And the amount of flavour... It's a flavour bomb, it. isn't it? It really... Mm. I mean, I'm really surprised. And it's delicious. It's sort of doing a little dance around my, my Ooh, mouth, my very tongue. Very nice. My inner cheeks. It's, very nice. Oh, and I I haven't gone back for my second sip yet, which I am about to do But now. It's
0: it's that thing, you know, you're talking about that smoke. And, and this mezcal is always cooked in the ancestral way and it's like this conical pit in the ground mm. that's heated with red hot stones from a wood fire and then agave hearts go into it and they're covered with earth and left for about 4 days so wow. that's why you get that intensity and that real smoke and you can you can almost taste the red heat of those yeah, stones yeah. you know so oh it's that, that is
1: so mm. delicious mm. I'm, I'm actually quite gobsmacked how something so Little it can be so mighty.
0: Mind you, it's 45%. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's true. Big,
1: that's true. But
0: it's more than that. As it's you say, it dances around everywhere in your in your mm. mouth. This does. It really explodes with flavour. I have to say, as well, so it's a little bit cheeky of me because this isn't available in the UK. It is in the US. But if you want to. Explore the Delma Gay expressions, you can get the Vida range, which is at 42% ABV. So not that much different, but different uh, enough. And,
1: and this says a lot about the quality that, that this guy you mentioned earlier—the uh, yes. quality that he's uh, he's purveying. Yeah,
0: exactly. And extolling all the virtues of these wonderful families and villages that are producing these beautiful spirits. So the Vida collection is by the same family, and it is produced in the same region. So you will get the same flavor, I guess. So that is Del Maguey, Vida de Moatas. Moetos?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're right, you normally are.
0: Now, Vida de Moetos, and it's around £45. Pounds.
1: And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts.
2: Hi, my name is Remy Savage, and I am the owner and a bartender at
1: Bar House in Dalston. And my cocktail hack is. Oftentimes when you see recipes that are stirred down, you're being told to stir with a spoon. But I know that when I started bartending, it was very hard for me to know what temperature was cold enough. Because of course, you're always fighting between temperature and dilution. So my simple hack is,
2: instead of using a spoon, buy yourself a digital thermometer that you might use to cook meat or something. And once you reach minus 2, minus 3 degree, your drink should be ready.
0: Keeping our summer vibes going, we decided to go somewhere which is so beautiful and so set up for summer. Not only does it have a wonderful rooftop, it also has a wonderful interior. So, you know, as we said, we are in Britain. The weather can change at any moment. So So not only have we got these wonderful 360 degree views at our chosen location, you've got amazing interior as well really like a very funky living room it is are we going to say we're going to reveal where we went (laughs) i think you should (laughs) gary so situated
1: in the treehouse hotel right at the top it's appropriately called the nest
0: yes so what do we want to start with first
1: well let's just touch back on what you just said about the interior like Mm. the lounge because i think we've when we we were there it's it is like the coolest home lounge, yes. you know, if you could have your dream home lounge, it would be pretty close to this, wouldn't it? yeah, Big, lots of airy, yeah, lots, lots of, of squashy light,
0: sofas and coffee and uh, tables, coffee tables and lots of plantings plants, everywhere that must take ages plants. to to water these plants, but it feels. They've brought the outside in as well. So it's got this really relaxing feel, as we said. But more than that, it's got a sort of members club feel, but it isn't a members club. So you do feel very special being there. You feel a little bit,
1: because it is hidden away as well. Mm. It doesn't advertise its presence on the street. So when when you're in there, you do feel like you're sort of in the know a little bit. Mm. You know, you're in the the inner circle. And, and, And it's... Got a lovely vibe, a lovely, lovely vibe.
0: Yeah, so as we said, so the interior is great, but more than that, they've got these, as we say, wonderful wraparound views all over London. And it is absolutely stunning.
1: And I think it's interesting with bars uh, with great views. And I think this goes for bars all around the world. Sometimes people can say, with some justification, that if a bar has an amazing view, it doesn't have to bother. <laughs> don't expect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best drinks. And we've certainly had one or two or several experiences. Well, we've had of quite a few yes. on our travels where the views have been spectacular and the drinks have not. Not been. so much. But spoiler alert: that is not the case in the Nest. The views and the cocktails are right up there.
0: Yeah, so we went... They've got two things going on. There's actually... They're doing an association with Sipsmith at the moment, which is tying in with Wimbledon, which is wonderful, actually. I mean, it started before. I think it went right through the Jubilee. It started with the
1: Jubilee. yeah, 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 so
0: right now it's Wimbledon season. So if you love your tennis and you want to be part of a really fabulous scene, drinking great cocktails... On the best rooftop in London, you should come here actually. Yeah. And on, on finals day, they're going to be showing the tennis on the TV screen. So book your space now because those, those tickets are quite hot. Oh, yeah. But on to the menu. So as we said, they've um, tied up with with Sipsmith for the Swan's Nest menu, they call it. it's a
1: celebration of a very British summer. Yes, exactly. That's their words.
0: So there's a few of the drinks on here. Quite a few. They've all got lovely, um, as we say, lovely British ingredients. So some of the drinks on there, uh, we tried a, a few. There was a deconstructed clover club which has got Sipsmith, Dry Vermouth, Raspberry and Lemon Cordial and then the soda. That was lovely long drinks, very refreshing. I think that most people would love that drink. very yeah. crowd-pleasing, super sippable for summer, which is yeah, good. And we had a lovely martini. Yes, exactly. Not that surprisingly, was, the pristine yeah, <laughs> the martini, pristine which martini. was
1: the Sipsmith VJOP Gin and Black Olive Vermouth and... Uh, Garnished with black oil
0: Yeah, and those things It's really nice to see More and more bars are adding the oils Just to the top of their martinis And it gives it that textural That sort of rich, creamy mouthfeel Doesn't it? Which, <laughs> yes Which it works that well was,
1: We liked that a lot mm. we? well, Both of those drinks we liked a lot.
0: And then also One of the other drinks on that menu Is called the Peachy Swan Which appropriately is served In one of the most delicate glasses You know when you're sort of thinking Oh my god, I'm really worried for the washing up of this glass, <laughs> but it's actually shaped into a swan, and it's Sip Smith Sipping Vodka, Creme de Peche, Pink Grapefruit Cordial, Citrus, and Soda. Again, easy, sippable, delicious, nice balance of flavours, and uh, yeah, a good summer hit, as they say, for yeah. Wimbledon. <laughs> Swag! Okay, so then we go on to the spring menu at the bar and yeah. we should note that this is going to change from about July the, the 11th, 11th i think yeah but um you do you want to talk about yeah, the
1: farmers yeah. yeah i mean one of the things that we really loved about this was wherever possible they have gone for Local ingredients, and I don't mean local as in round the corner, but sort of English or British ingredients. Mm. Um, So for instance, they've got drinks on a couple of drinks with strawberries from Oxfordshire, drinks with honey from Wiltshire, lemongrass from Newton Abbot, rhubarb from Yorkshire, which we did try, we'll come on to, and pears from Kent. So it's really nice to sort of, you know, sometimes you bring ingredients a long way and you can't avoid that necessarily, but it's so nice to you know, smaller carbon footprint and also champion some really great local ingredients.
0: Yeah, and and local farms, you know. Yes. So it's very much about hero in these lovely farms in these regions of the UK. So that's wonderful. And and also they do their bit for sustainability and they try and go as, as near as possible to zero waste cocktails. So yeah, as Gary said, all of the ingredients, those five key ingredients, they have two contrasting cocktails on on the menu so it's really nice so on the rhubarb yeah. section we, we, we tried both of the rhubarb
1: cocktails mm. the rhubarb cooler and the rhubarb margarita
0: yes i haven't got the details of the cooler what's but in the that cooler
1: one? was ketwan vodka zangermaine liqueur and and rhubarb and cardamom cordial, with, along with some wine and lime. Mm, lovely. And that was very refreshing. Well, they very, all work it, yeah. really well, yeah. don't they? Mm. And,
0: the, and the rhubarb margarita, which is their best-selling, they said. You know, yeah. I think it's rhubarb margarita, Hello. what's not to like, <laughs> you know. And that's El Rayo Blanco tequila, homemade rube pulp puree, Lime and agave. Again, beautiful. And it's that was garnished great. with a lovely dehydrated rhubarb yes.
1: stalk. Yeah. And, um, and the thing is, we both really like rhubarb. So, mm. you know, we were very happy with the the way they played with that. Yeah, in and,
0: it, and it was really interesting. They said that um, this drink every time you get it, it may be a different colour because it depends on the intensity of the rhubarb. So some people sometimes think, oh, it's a bit greener than the last time or a bit pinker or a bit, but that depends on the, the stock of the rhubarb they have at the moment. And I think actually that's quite nice that it shows that they're fresh and really beautiful and capturing all of the ingredients yeah i Perfectly. think that's a good
1: word to to, to emphasize the whole of the, the the menu and the drinks we tried that freshness they yes. all they all felt you know that you could tell the ingredients were sort of hadn't been hanging around for long and it's all and it sort of, they all zinged mm, they absolutely were very zingy. and uh yeah, it does super tasty. All the drinks, all around fifteen, sixteen pounds.
0: Yes, yes, good and it's a good price for somewhere like that because you know you are paying for location as well and some really great drinks. And if you like your music, there's a little DJ in the yep. in his little part of the nest in the, in the in the in the in the bar, and it's really nice. And it's not banging tunes; it's just like a lovely atmosphere that they yeah, fit, set fit in up with that
1: lounge vibe yeah, yeah
0: mm. really good so it's one place i think that you can go during the day but also works beautifully in the evening and if you can get there for sunset which would be oh, absolutely yes. yeah, I beautiful think we should go back for the sunset absolutely yeah. so as we say calling for the last days of oh first week of Wimbledon and to catch the finals but also go back for the brand new menu and see what they're championing on that and that is The The Treehouse at The Nest. The brand new issue of the Cocktail Lovers magazine is available now and the theme rather fittingly is In With A New. We look at the best new bar openings around the world, some of the new bottles to have in your drinks cabinet, and we celebrate five classic cocktails reimagined for modern palettes. And there's a whole lot more. Even the magazine has a brand new look. To discover more and find out how to get your copy in print or on digital, see the cocktail slash magazine. The book I've got could not
1: be hotter off the press mm-hmm. I mean it really is it literally we got it about two days ago brilliant and I think it's probably not much of an exaggeration to say the ink is barely dry on, <laughs> on the page it is that new so you know quite often we delve into our library and go back you know a few years or a lot of years but it's so nice to have this book which is brand new yes exactly and it is called Dick Tales or Thank Yous and Sluggins and it is by Dick Bradshaw. Now this is fascinating for so many reasons and we'll try try and cover a few of these fascinating reasons although it's By Dick Bradshaw. It's posthumously published because, sadly, Dick passed away about six years ago. But it's been put together. It's been edited by Anastasia Miller and Jared Brown, who we've mentioned on this podcast before. They are real out-and-out drinks historians. They know their stuff inside out. And I think what they've done here is they've very sensitively edited a book By Dick. So, what it is, it's almost like looking through it, it's almost like a very personal scrapbook Mm. because he never wrote a cocktail book in his lifetime. And in fact, he had pretty much no desire to. No,
0: he said that the best cocktail book had already been produced. Yeah, it? I
1: think when we spoke to him on one occasion, I think he actually said it was David yeah. and it, that's a long time ago. So he didn't really have a desire to. But fortunately for us, he did have an amazing archive of personal jottings and notes and thoughts and drawings, which Anastasia and Jared have Very, as I say, sensitively, lovingly pulled together to make this book. So they don't intrude on it too much. There's an introduction. They've obviously done a lot of work in pulling it together, but it's pretty much his voice. Yes.
0: It's Uh, it's quite interesting to to do something like that, isn't it? I mean, from the cover, you've got this wonderful drawing of him with all these lovely little... uh, anecdotes and things around it and it really captures his personality perfectly. We were lucky enough to know Dick and for those people that don't know of him, he's very much responsible for the London cocktail scene as we know it and actually putting it on the map. 100%.
1: I mean amongst other things he's referred to as the godfather Mm. of the sort of cocktail renaissance if you like.
0: And all those espresso martinis that everyone is drinking, you know, so precariously these days that recipe that, was that down to dick so him. you know there's a lot that you need to know about dick everybody should do and that's why this book is so important yeah. and also it's really fun as well it you is. know and
1: it, it follows this sort of talks a little bit about his story his journey his career through again through uh, his own letters to his parents mm. which are rather. T- touching when he sets off from the Isle of Wight and he works in various places and, and, and then his journey through certainly his London journey which is makes up most of it and a lot of it in Soho and that's certainly where we came across him I think all the way back to the 1980s at Fred's but as he said, oh, yeah, we obviously met at Fred's, but the thing, Fred's was one of those places in the 80s. If you went there, you don't remember going there.
0: No, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was that good. It was that good. But I got to know him a little bit more at places like the Player and Match Bar and, and then, you know, followed him around at these various bars and we got to know him. And a, a really nice guy. So i would really pleased that there is this testament mm. to him the book as i say it's made up of all these lovely sort of little anecdotes and so forth yes there are the drinks there um the you know sandra as you mentioned the vodka espresso later the espresso martini the bramble the russian spring punch and a whole lot more so there's little jottings and notes mm. as well as how to make them and there's sections about his beginnings uh, how the bar scene has changed his cocktail dictionary his little Dick's Cocktail Calls for Beginners, so, like, his insights are for aspiring bartenders, which, again, I would say, that's not only for bartenders, mm. it's for us home mixers as well. And there's also another really nice touch uh, at the end. There's music. He loved music. And dressing up. And dressing up. <laughs> and the music was very important to him. And what I think actually one of the last times i spoke to him i remember i don't know if you remember he phoned us one sunday morning oh he was going to do it and, uh, he was yes. just chatting away and he said "Oh, i'm thinking of doing a soul night and you know do you think that's a good idea will people come and we were like "Yes, yeah, it's a great idea come, we'll come <laughs> um, uh, sadly he never got to do it mm. but he again like his cocktails the music lives on through these playlists and so this is a lovely book and also i think we were quite touched to see there's a photo in there that we did yes, with Dick and yes yes
0: with with dick and his daughter b which we published in the cocktail lovers magazine i can't even remember when but it was so lovely that he made the time to come to that shoot because yes. he didn't do many things at that point he didn't really like going no. out necessarily but he made the time to do this and i think it was because it was with b as yeah. well and it's so lovely to see the the picture in the book so, so yeah that's
1: Nice. We were mm. really pleased when we saw our picture being used in the book, so thanks for that. And yeah, overall I think this is a really fitting tribute yes, to Dick. It is. And it's we lovely. can't recommend it And you
0: enough. know he would love it as well. I think he
1: would. Mm. I think he would. So this is Dick Tales or Thank yous and Sluggins by Dick Bradsall, edited by Anastasia Millard and Jared Brown. It's on sale now literally now for around 39 95 And as ever, check our website out and you can find out more details.
0: In 2012, Sly Augustine sold his home and was planning to move to New York. But destiny had other ideas. One night, he popped into his favourite bar for a cocktail, and a chance conversation saw him buy in the place nine days later. That was ten years ago, and the bar was Trailer Happiness. Since then, they've both become the toast of London's bar scene, notching up a whole bunch of awards, including Rum Champion of the Year for Sly, and Best Individual Bar, Rum List of the Year, and Best International High Volume Cocktail Bar for the bar and team. And jolly well-deserved too. We put the accolades down to Sly and the team's genuine hospitality, community spirit, and the good times that the bar has justifiably become renowned for. And of course, the sunshine-tastic, crowd-pleasing tiki drinks, perfect for a taste of summer all year round, which is what we'll be speaking to Sly about today. Sly, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast.
2: Thank you. Great to be here with you absolute legends. (laughs) True true legends, (laughs) not just overused word like (laughs) genuinely.
1: Thank you. It's great to have you, Sly. So let's kick off and pick up on what Sandra was just saying about your personal story. So tell us a little bit about how and when you went from being a customer at your favourite bar to becoming the owner of it.
2: Yeah, that really was just a crazy situation. Um, <laughs> so I'd sold my house. I'd planned to move to New York. And it was just, at that moment, I just felt like I was more appreciated over there than I was in London. You know, I was feeling a little bit like, us, oh, a bit, bit depressed, a bit gray. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I worked in um, technology. So I didn't. it didn't actually really matter where I was. You know, a lot of stuff I did, web development and graphic design, stuff like that. Could could be done from anywhere. So I decided I'd sell my house and just go and just figure stuff out when I got there. You know, I had a really good network or I still have a great network in in New York. So, you know, it just made sense for me to go and give it, you know, explore it. I spent a lot of time out there anyway um, on holidays and stuff. And then somebody basically came to me and was like, well, actually a, a bartender at Trader Happiness I was just sitting there having a drink and a bartender told me that it was, it was for sale. And this crazy idea just came into my head. It was like, (laughs) how much is it? You know? And I kind of knew some of the guys who were, who were involved in trying to buy it, but they didn't have any, any capital, you know? So they approached me and asked me if I'd be involved in kind of doing this thing with them. And we had a conversation, a couple of meetings, nine days later, we had the keys.
0: <laughs> that is kind of mad, though, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine who doesn't drink alcohol, and I think that was a key part. You know, because I trust his, I trust his opinion. He was also a minor shareholder, but he doesn't drink, so there was no kind of incentive for him. You know, who doesn't want their mates to own a bar? If, if I asked any of my mates to buy a bar, okay. pretty much ninety nine percent of them would be like, hell yes. You know what I mean? Regardless of wherever, whether or not it makes good sense. Um, So, so that's, yeah, that was a key kind of key component. And it was just like, you know, I just thought about it. and I was like, when am I ever going to have the opportunity like this again? You know, it really felt like something, like a once in a lifetime experience.
0: So happiness by name, happiness by nature. What's your secret to bring in the sunshine vibes to a basement bar?
2: Wow, well I mean, you know, as you know, trailer, trailer is a, a tiki inspired bar. And I think that comes with a lot of sunshine for sure in, in the in the drinks and just the, the general personality of service. And I think that's really what it is. You know, tiki tiki um or tropical shirts, you know, were this is what you wore when you were when you were when you were not working. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. mid central America. It was like that was the that's what defined you, you know. You went out in the garden, put the barbecue on, and you fr- and you throw on your your tropical shirt as an indicator that you are not working. You know what I mean. So I think that that, that visual that we that we use with bartenders it just gives people a much a much more relaxed service. We still obviously try and keep standards high. Absolutely, you do. Yeah, I think that almost kind of. Um, friendly informal approach is very indicative of the kind of caribbean and tropical hospitality you know because if you go if, if you go to the to the caribbean you, you you get hospitality is much is much warmer and it's much more kind of like family focused so it's almost like they want to welcome you as a member of their family do you know what i mean in, a, in, a, in the way that they share food and and drink and stuff like that. It's much more personal, so I think that is kind of a key component to to what makes um, trailer happiness feel warm. And the lack of air conditioning also <laughs> helps <to> create that, <laughs> <create> that <laughs> super vibe. Yeah, yeah, the, the sweat beads. <laughs>
1: and the thing is like you know your trailer happiness it's london's most famous tiki bar without a doubt but um for those of uh, our listeners who haven't been lucky enough to go there can you tell us a little bit about the vibe and also in terms of what actually defines tiki you touched on the shirts and central america and stuff like that but what is the, the what is it tiki all about as a bar concept
2: so i mean that's a great question as well because you know, obviously tiki technically really only only refers to specific idols that you'd find in these bars, in the original bars like, you know, um Don the Beach Coma and Trader Vicks and also some of the mugs. So these these icons, these Polynesian gods, these are the actual tikis. Everything else was was either a tropical thing or a rum rhapsody. And now kind of much like hip hop is used to to describe the whole genre, which includes the fashion, the dance, and the music. Tiki encompasses all aspects of this movement, which started in the 30s in America. And I think the core aspects of it, tropical. So tropical drinks, fresh fruit, you know, elaborate garnishes, stuff that kind of transports you to another place. I think escapism is the key, is the fundamental thing that all tiki bars should be able to do. When you're inside a tiki bar, you should feel as if you are in another country, in another part of the world. You should be completely removed from your local environment. And I think Trailer does that very well. We actually, as far as tiki bars go, we don't necessarily, you know, we're not a tribute bar. So we're not trying to emulate the great bars that have come before us. We very much have our own lane and our own style, which leans, I think, more into the kind of retro mid-century aesthetic. And for me, the reason behind that is I've always found that period to be quite warm, quite comfortable and cozy. You know, when people were spending a lot of time indoors, in their homes, entertaining guests, etc. that was the time when these lounges and these, you know, this furniture was all about that, about that whole kind of, that whole vibe.
0: Yeah you said about the the colors and the warmth and making people comfortable but I think it's it's really good that you you've spoken most people do think about the drinks when they when they think tiki but what is it about them that makes them synonymous with summer I guess it's the tropical thing but do you want to expand on that as well
2: Yeah predominantly it is the the ingredients specifically the exotic fruits now as time as time has passed, a lot of the ingredients that you find in in, in most classic um, tiki drinks can barely be considered exotic, you know. But but in their day, these were not regularly found products, you know. Passion fruits and things like this, you you, you wouldn't see those in you know you wouldn't see them in supermarkets, and you make to pick them up. So it was it would have been re- it would have been almost like, you know, the kind of stuff that we see now innovation in cocktails where People are infusing and, and, and using all kinds of, of machinery to it to get flavors from things. And, you know we see a lot of that kind of chemistry that we're seeing in cocktails at the moment. It would have been like that in its day in terms of um, kind of groundbreaking. I think before that drinks were a lot more serious. I think one of the one of the benefits of of the Tiki movement was I think it brought more more women into bars. I made it I made it less of a it made it less of a kind of you know madmen guys drinking brown drinks yeah in, sa- in yes. saloons yes
0: absolutely you know?
2: so um i think the drinks are just they're just a lot more they don't take themselves too seriously even though they are very serious drinks you know and they want you to smile you know what i mean like when you get one of the, when you get one of these drinks on the table it needs to be just a little bit whimsical and a little bit fun.
0: Yeah. but cheeky tiki.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, I think that's it. You know, I remember, I remember like as the early days of being a customer in trailer, my good mate, Alex Mazuris made me a cocktail and then he put the garnish on it and it was an elaborate garnish. You know, I could barely get my face past it. <laughs> and so I, I took it off. I took it off without even thinking. I just took it off and I placed it on the bar and the look on his face. I never forget (laughs) it. I don't think I've ever removed the garnish since. (laughs) It's just,
0: (laughs) I got it. I understood
2: how, you know what I mean? This was something more than just.
0: Yes. It's integral. It's integral. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: made with love. So with that, with that in mind, could you give us a few examples of some of the drinks on the current menu? And so, you know, some of your personal favourites and also some of the favourites of the, your
2: fantastic guests. The Cottonmouth Killer, which was created a while back, it's one of our kind of classic trailers, trailer drinks. You've got this kind of vibrant, bright kind of amber drink. And then the top of it is bright blue. And it's just bleeding into the into the you know that contrast is amazing so you've got that kind of just kind of bleeding through through the orange and then you've got we use a an apple that we soak in blue curacao as the garnish and it just looks it it just looks like i mean it looks a little 80s to be honest but it looks fun and it tastes delicious because here's the other thing you know like when you make these drinks and it when you make a good drink, or when you make a drink that looks fun and tastes fun, you know. So if you look at this drink, it looks like a really good time, and it and it delivers. It delivers because there's nothing worse than having than having a really pretty drink and then you taste it and it's just not what you expected, right? And and that's one of my favorites. Also, our our we do a a sharer, we do a zombie sharer. So our zombie has six rums in it. Um, and oh my <laughs> yeah, and it comes in a little barbecue. So it comes in a little barbecue, right? Like a little portable outdoor barbecue and it, we cover it with fruit. We cover it with fruit and then we've got overproof rum in, um, lime husks and we'll set fire to that and then drop some cinnamon over like dust it with cinnamon. So you get them, the, the wonderful sparks, you know? And you know, everybody loves a bit of fire, a little bit of theatre. And we do, that on the table as well. we do that on the table as well. So it's a really nice, it's a really nice thing. And also some people order it, not understanding that all of the extra stuff comes with it. So it's always a nice, it's always nice to see their surprise.
0: Yes, exactly. And that is the perfect, that's the epitome of a tiki drink. That's, Everyone is sort of surprised and delighted and smiling. It's just fantastic, good times all round, isn't it? Exactly. So, Sly, like when people think tiki, they mostly think of rum-based cocktails, and I guess most of the drinks on your list are predominantly rum-based. But what other spirits can be, or are you using as a base?
2: Yeah, it's it's probably. I mean, it's, a, it's probably a bit a bit of a shame, not necessarily for me because we are a rum bar. So mm. it works for us to have the drinks predominantly be rum based, but you can use absolutely any spirit um, in a tiki drink. And you know there are drinks there. There are not as many. Like the ratio is much smaller, but there are still drinks like you know the Saturn, um, which is a gin based tiki drink, and the Suffering Bastard, which again is gin blended with uh, bourbon, I believe. Mm. So there are there are. Um, there are still there are some really tasty um, non rum tiki drinks out there, and actually more more and more being kind of added to the canon. More and more tiki bars um, experimenting with you know other spirits because you know not all our guests necessarily, or not all our guests realize they love rum yet.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's only so a matter of time. It's only a matter of time, but while they while they're still in that in that phase. Um, before they transition into the glory of rum, we um, we want to you know give them something that they're familiar with. So so yeah, it's always good to to be able to offer to offer alternatives.
1: Uh, obviously, we recommend anyone who hasn't been to Trailer yet to get themselves down there. But in the meantime, uh, how can we as uh, home bartenders? How can we bring a little tiki magic into our home bartending?
2: Obviously, ingredients are key. You know, you wanna have fresh fruit or fresh fruit juices if possible. I would say get yourself some falernum, get yourself some orjat. These are kind of like the key components I think will tiki up most things.
0: You you better you better explain because um just let people know what falernum and orjat is are.
2: Actually they're both kind of almond-based syrups. And the for Lernum, it uses has the addition of of lime, so it's kind of like a. Well, how would I describe it? It's like spices, almond, lime, and with with a with a with a map. It's 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 got an alcohol small amount of alcohol in it as well.
0: They can buy those in all good sort of drink stores.
2: Yeah, yeah, you won't find it necessarily in a supermarket necessarily you should be able to f- possibly find that, but you can get them online pretty easily you know amazon no don't buy don't shop at amazon what am i doing don't get it there. no um, no you can get it online you, you can get it you can get it relatively easy and its ingredients that you you're finding quite quite a few things also passion fruit passion fruit is is a is a is a, is massively in to the point where i know people who are actually sick of the thing because you know and actually some people when they think of when they think of um, tiki drinks, they're like, "Oh, I can't do it. It's too much passion fruit." But passion fruit can be delicious. You know what I mean? The right, the right brand um, is perfect, and you don't, you don't have to use too much of it either. So I'd say just get yourself some of those key, those key ingredients. But in terms of the drinks, get yourself a shaker. What else would you do? Um, get the lighting right. You know, Just get mm. some nice mood lighting in the place. Get some soft, some cushions you know get loads of cushions in there yeah man i mean it's 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 not complicated it's really not that that difficult i don't think to to bring tiki home with and what me. about music would you say good shout i for me i always think of older music you know like a, a truly classic tiki bar is probably going to play they're probably going to be quite specific and play music you know that that um, americana I'm, I'm lost. I've lost the, this, the actual the genre just to describe the genre, but it would be a kind of like uh, the kind of stuff that he used to play in Hawaii. You know what I mean? Yeah Back in the day, it's kind of like um, the Voodoo Lounge. The kind of stuff that you'd hear in like mid-century space films and zombie films. And yeah, 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 you know yeah, I mean? love like, it. <laughs> I love it. You know those, of, you know it. those, B, you know those B movies? Those yeah. That's kind of like the classic, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the classic tiki music, right? And I think that that helps if you're at if you're at your home bar as well and you want to create that environment. But also just playing like for me, like classic, like old school reggae, um fit is perfectly tropical and, and fits the narrative perfectly. Just anything with a with a with a happy vibe. You know, and Yeah. You know, bring a is... And bust out those tiki shirts as Definitely well. Definitely get possibly. your shirt on. Get your shirt on. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, the strange thing is, is that, you know, bartender, it's just become a bartender uniform because people wear them mm. in bars that are, just, are not even remotely tiki and they just wear them <laughs> and it's just like the, the the most obvious sign that this person is, makes drinks um, or is at least working in the bar. But, exactly. um, yeah, throw, throw on a, and well, what's ironic is when the, the first, the early original bars, tiki bars, you'd have to wear a suit to go, to go, to go in them
0: uh-huh. because there were
2: restaurants, you know, there were restaurants. Um, so you, you, you'd mostly, you start wearing suits and then as they started to open up in, in, um, in hotels, you know, Trader Vicks was, was in all of the Hilton's. So I think that's probably had a large part of why you mm. um, you start to see people more relaxed. And then when people had their own parties at home, cause people did that a lot, like I said earlier, you put on your you put on your tropical shirt and be out in the in the garden, you know, barbecuing and serving up these drinks. But um, but it's interesting to me because I always think about that and I think that um, at some point we'll see. But at some point, you know, might we might try and glam up glam up tiki tiki again.
0: But I think that you've got the perfect the perfect balance. I love the retro furniture. And as you say, your place is like a living room in the best possible way. Do you know what I mean? So we love it. uh, Tell us, tell us now, now that we're we're talking about summer, what's on the menu at trailer for summer? What have you got planned?
2: Wow, so we're actually in the process of trying to open up to the ground floor. So as you know, we're currently in the basement and we have plans to create something on the ground floor that will be a different offering, but still uh-huh. welcoming, still cosy, but um, yeah, just a little different, a little okay. different from what we have downstairs.
1: Wow. We should watch watch this space, yeah?
0: Absolutely. And also carnival's a big thing for you, isn't it? For summer.
2: Massive massive and this year is um yeah it's it's a strange one because we're expecting it to be incredibly busy we haven't done it for three years so um it might be a bit rusty but you know we're, we're <laughs> i gonna... think you'll remember i think you'll we'll <laughs> we have to right um but yeah we're gonna have to um yeah we're literally starting to plan and prep for that now and figure out exactly what we're gonna have outside and whether or not we'll have anything inside now that I've just refurbed the place, I don't know if I want a thousand Brilliant. people stomping all over it. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out.
0: Brilliant. Well, I can't wait to see you and the bar during the summer. And if people don't get along before, they definitely, definitely have to pop by for carnival. So thank you so much, Sly, and also for giving us some tips thank on you. how to tiki up our homes as well.
2: A pleasure. I hope I hope that it was useful to someone.
0: Oh, of course it is. Thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you.
1: Well, that's all for now from the Cocktail Lovers podcast as we're taking a short summer break. But we'll be back soon with more products, more bars, more books, more special international guests, and plenty of chat. In the meantime, you can grab a copy of the Cocktail Lovers magazine, follow us on Instagram. Or sign up for our newsletter. Details on thecocktaillovers.com. We look forward to sharing the cocktail love with you again very, very soon. Cheers!